Hello everyone and welcome to episode 131 of Two Left Thumbs, your favorite weekly gaming podcast. I am Death Puppies. Joining me today is Fabry. How are you, man? I'm doing good. Hello, everyone. Good, that's good. Um, so for, for those who are for playing at home, um, let's let's start with the introductions. Uh, who are you and uh, what do you do? Well, um, I'm a composer and sound designer for games. Um, and basically now that's it. <laughs> um, if you want to dig a bit more into my story later, um, I come from a different background than most composers come. I'm graduated, but not on music. I'm graduated in advertising and marketing. So... <laughs> that that's a bit of of a different background uh but yeah that's it basically so how did how so obviously i started in started in advertising how did you how did what was the leap from there to kind of sound design and music for you the transition okay um well when you work i work in advertising agencies for like 10 years for um and you end up like producing tv commercials and some uh like movies for for theater etc and you end up getting in touch with this sort of production you know um so it, it was something that always interested me um but i never thought about composing for games and it ended up happening like in a very random way when a friend of mine who's a designer decided to make a visual novel and she asked me to to make the soundtrack for her game and once i start digging on how to compose music for games because it, it's a different media i started to realize that it's really much harder than composing for screen and tv um so i started studying the this field this area and going after information and i just fell in love with that and the thing is i grew up with games and it was always a passion for me uh as we were talking before the, the podcast started uh, yeah, yeah. i had a, a a news and reviews website for games for even a radio show web radio show uh but it was more on the hobby side of things, you know. Um, so I started composing for the games. And I think like two years after that, I decided to, to make this transition and become a full-time composer for games. And it's been like four years now, I think. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. Um, so yeah. what, what, got, what got you started in... Um... In gaming, as like a younger child, you know, so there was a passion for you right throughout. What, what were kind of the games you were playing and had growing up? Yeah, so uh, I think my sister had a, an Odyssey too. That's how old we are. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I was very, I was, <laughs> but I was very young back then, and um, uh, there was like those Pac-Man clones and this kind of stuff. But uh, those never grab my attention too much uh 
but I think the first time I saw an arcade was when my my interest for games started for real. Um, so I was basically an arcade kid because in Brazil it was very hard to 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 get home consoles back then. I was gonna say it's a very it's uh, a very different kind of um world over there when it comes to kind of electronics and acquiring uh, stuff like that yeah um for example we only had the the official nes here after the snes released yeah so yeah. what we got here in the 80s was like these nes clones or knockoffs uh but even so it, it was very very expensive to to get one of those um Arcades, on the other hand, were very cheap to play. You know, didn't last long, but... And the experience in arcades were very different from what you got home, right? Um, oh, graphics yeah, were much better, you know? Uh, I remember some games that fascinated me back then. Uh, first of them was Double Dragon. And do you know this one? <laughs> no, I don't. I never... I never... I, I never got into arcades myself until like much, mm. much later. So like, I I I think we had like I just um small town um where mm. I grew up, and we only had one arcade, and it got closed down. So oh, I see. So for me, growing up, there yeah. weren't any really around to kind of like experience those those older arcade games. Only like recently, in the last five or ten years, especially since I was kids, you know, I get them off to the arcade because there's one down the mm. road from me. Um, that I've actually been able to get in them, and even now the the arcades that we get these days are very uh, kind of very different from what they would have used to have been. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That that's for sure. Well, uh, arcade places were very shady for yeah they were there was people getting yeah. shaken down out the kids were getting shaken down out the front for their money, so other kids yeah. could go in and play. It was terrible. <laughs> Yeah, it was terrible. Well, that 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 was the kind of environment I grew up. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> you grew up tough man. Yeah, but anyway, so Double Dragon is a beat 'em up. Uh, it was like a predecessor for Final Fight, which is a much popular game. Um, I remember Pit Fighter, uh, and those may sound very very obscure for younger people, <laughs> right? But they, they're oh, yeah, very definitely. successful down here. Um, another moment I remember, oh, the Teenage, um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, <laughs> uh, arcade game that, w that had four player cabinet was really yeah, awesome I as well. I played that one, but I've seen it around. They, um, they released a, a new Ninja Turtles game. Um, yeah, they're, they're about to release oh, they're, that. They're about to release it. Yeah. And it's very reminiscent yeah. of, of what that was as well, which I think mm. would be really cool to go back and play. Yeah, that one was really great. But then I, I remember entering the, the arcade and I saw this huge... Uh, it was not a line. People was just all surrounding the, the arcade machine. And I looked at screen and I thought, oh my God, what is this? The game was so colorful, so full of elements. And I'm talking about Street Fighter 2. That was the first time I saw that game. Oh, right. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And it, it was so much better. It was a, a leap like you were on PlayStation 2 and then suddenly someone throw a PlayStation 5 trailer at you. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's, that's the kind of show. Yeah, that's the kind of... 
<laughs> that's the kind of job we had here with that game. Uh, but then, yeah, then I end up getting a NES knockoff, and uh, I think one or two years after uh, Sega Genesis. Um, and yeah, so I, I had, uh, I think I had every console released until the PlayStation 2. Yeah. And then I start to have an adult life. <laughs> and I had to work uh, in college yes. and, yes, and all this kind of stuff. The rule yeah. of fun, yeah. So, so um, it, it, sorry, keep going. Oh, go on. Oh, I was going to say, so you, you, you've kind of got to college and, and adulted for a while. I'm assuming this is where you kind of got into to marketing, right? Yeah, yeah. So well, I had to work with... I had to work with other stuff before because I had to pay for the college. Course, uh, yeah. So uh, it's very common here in Brazil. You study and work at the same time, uh, like full-time jobs, not part-time yeah. stuff. Um, so, yeah. So I started working with other stuff before I actually got a chance in, into an advertising agency. And this is very important to, to realize advertising and marketing in Brazil are very tight together uh yeah. i know in some places marketing side of things are more uh, business oriented uh here's a bit different but yeah that was how i i got into the advertising side of things what what drew you into advertising specifically copywriting operating uh yeah it's um, advertising is divided by two main creative sections, uh, which is right. art direction and copywriting. So art direction takes care of everything visual and yep. copywriting take, takes care of the rest of stuff. So you end up writing scripts for movies, uh, lyrics for jingles, um, etc. You know, it's not only text, it's the whole thing behind oh, it the, the music well. and everything else behind it as well right yeah it's, yeah okay yeah. I've, I've never really looked into the, the marketing world i mean it's, i'm not sure if it's the same here in australia at all but yeah mm. whereas like that's um i um yeah no idea what that world is like at all i haven't really really dove into it i, I work in a kitchen for a living so my 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 <laughs> my whole my whole existence is like i don't even know what a nine to five is at the moment it's, mm. like, it's bizarre to me <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh so uh, as, as i was saying you create advertising but then you you have to send it to a production company so they will have like professional musicians and producers producing the thing <laughs> uh and this was how i started getting in touch with these people and understand the process you know until eventually I started working on some small movies and other stuff. Um, so let's let's talk about your your work with games over the last four years because I'm 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 a fantastic podcaster and interviewer and I haven't done zero research, so I'm 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 learning <laughs> with the audience today. Uh, <laughs> so so tell us about um some stuff you've worked on, some of your favorite projects, um stuff like that. Well, um, I can't say from the top of my head the number of projects I've worked right now. Um, I'm working at Twilight Star Heart of Air, which is um, retro-inspired retro with modern mechanics RPG. 
So it's very Final Fantasy-ish at its core. But if you look at the game, the visuals are more Western than your traditional JRPG. Okay. Um, I'm also working for an Australian studio that uh, it's brand new. Um, I'm also helping them with the marketing side of things. Um, let's just call them ISGT for now because we can't disclose our stuff before doing all the yeah, legal wanna, part of uh, The last thing I want yeah. is to be getting you in trouble yeah. for, for breaking yeah. your disclosure. Uh, it's going to be terrible. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but what I can say is um, we're working on a game that is Russian lore-based, which is a very unexplored theme yeah. in, in, in games. So like all, um, all Russian, like... Um fairy tales and old like old wild like, i'm sorry you cut it sorry um like russian like old russian law like old russian fairy tales and stuff like that or a bit further or a bit deeper well um see a lot of, of times russian culture is mentioned in games it end up going to the military route yep. of things we are exploring uh mythology there. Yeah, and I won't go any further than that no, because I'm, 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 not, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to do that. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I can talk, talk about Twilight Star because this is a much more known project right now. It was already funded on Kickstarter, you know. Uh, but anyways, and I'm also working on a non-profit project from the US, which is Preservation Quest. Um, for this project, I'm only doing marketing. Uh, it's a, a video game history preservation with a very unique approach. Um, the focus is the experience the players have. It's not like the games when the game were released and um, the story about making that game. It's more focused on stories behind people playing those games. You know? Okay. Uh, I'll just made up one story here. <laughs> but uh, it's, for example, uh, you have this terrible disease and you had to stay at the hospital for six months and this game helped you to to get through this problem. You know? It's, it's focused oh, on this okay. kind so of... It's like the experience is... Um, focusing on the experiences people have with video games and how they're affecting their lives, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's that's, um... that's the focus. So the cool. So and is that a, is that a game based thing or is that more of like a, a, a different type of media? Oh, what do you mean? So is is uh, it a game oh. itself or is it or is it like a presentation? No, 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 no. It's uh, um, uh, it's still, uh, it's still. Through documentaries and uh, short movies and right, etc., okay, yep. this kind of stuff. Yeah. So we have a whole team producing these documentaries, and uh, then we are going to release them on the media. All right. Cool. Yeah. Right. Cool. Sorry. I was. I thought, yeah. I thought you were still talking about uh, like it, it was as 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 a game. Where well, like, it's because it person. is. Yeah. Oh no 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 no! <laughs> Target was a game. No, it's a it's a non-profit company, um, 
focused on, on video game history preservation and having this approach instead of just talking about hardware or software, you know. That makes sense. Yeah, sorry, I've, I've, I've totally misheard you on, I misunderstood you on that. I was like, oh, wait, was it, we still, I thought this was like some really weird, interesting well, concept I, game where it was like, you, you play as someone who is playing a video game that oh. is affected by that video <laughs> game. It's like, this is, this well, is that, that, I like this. You can take that idea, yeah, by the way. The scope for that would be crazy. It would be insane. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, how to work that have to go into trying to get that to run like not to run smoothly, but to like the story to be told smoothly would be um, mm. it'd be some effort there, especially if you're doing like yeah. different people and and working. On... Oh, you cut it again? Um, am I cutting out a bit? I've had it issues with my microphone. Yeah, it's, it's been. I'm I'm just gonna sit right up on top of it, and we'll, we'll hope for the best. It feels like it feels like it's just fading out sometimes. Ah, uh, might be it's my not... might be my noise gate that's um having some issues. We'll um, him down a bit. We'll see how that goes there. Um, so, uh, video games. What have What have you been playing lately? Like you, you, you do all this work for video games and media. What, what do you do in your downtime? What's, what's your kind of, what's your go-to kind of games? What is downtime? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Yeah, I, I feel you on that. Um, yeah. Oh, okay. So, so, you're working, so like, you're working for three different companies. Two of them are in. All, all three are in different time zones. Yeah, and yeah. and there's more. There's more because uh, if you look at my website, I have some partnerships with audio companies, and sometimes when they are releasing a new product, they send us beforehand to test it and uh, making a demo track. Right, so okay. there's also these. Uh, sometimes I have to compose a track for them to for them to to put on the website when they release the product. Um, so yeah, it's crazy, <laughs> but. Um, this leads me to one of my favorite uh, kind of hardware in, in games, which are portable consoles. Um, I love the PS Vita and the Nintendo Switch. And the reason why is I can play those for sleep. I just <laughs> grab them and play a little. Yeah. And you, know. you just lay there and just drop the, con drop, drop the console as you pass out after a day. <laughs> Yeah, you don't have to go to all those downloading updates and uh, hooking stuff on the TV, etc. Uh, so it's pretty handy. And I also managed to get one of those. This is an ADB2 oh, retro nice. SNES controller. Um, and I have like a, a phone clip. <laughs> I have a phone so clip you, so I can... You've got Game Pass xCloud going on there on the phone? I do, I do. I do have. I was playing how, Yakuza games. <laughs> how, how's that? How's that been for you? I mean, I, I've played a little bit of it. Um, I was having issues with it connecting with my internet because my internet, my home internet was weird, but my like my mobile internet was fine. How, it, how's it works. Been with it? Yeah, it works surprisingly fine here. Um, uh, the only issue I have is input lag. And I think that's normal because of ping, you know. Uh, so if you're on playing games that require you to have like a quick, uh, quick response to your commands, like uh, FPS games, etc., it's kind of bad. But um, for playing like Yakuza games or 
I was playing even Devil May Cry uh, 5, I think. That and it was running fine. Okay. So nice. uh, it's a much better experience than I was expecting it to be, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, after, what was it? After Stadia. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you got to try that. I, I didn't. Um, I had a few friends that had it and it was, they, they were, it was, they were having issues. I couldn't, uh, I couldn't even connect to Stadia. Oh, really? Wow. That's... Yeah, it was terrible. Uh, but uh, Game Pass works better than uh, XCloud works better than uh, Steam's Remote Play. Okay, yeah, righto. Me. Have yeah. you um since you're since you're a fan of um the uh the remote consoles, have you have you looked much into the the new Steam one at all that they're bringing I out? Want that. The <laughs> I want that. Deck, yeah. I want that. I want that. Well, I mean, available. it's not about is it, the is look. It available over in, is it available over in Brazil yet? Because it's not available here yet. I'm not sure. I mean, they, they opened the, the, the sales and uh, they sold right away. And I heard there was this scalpers problem as well. Uh, that people got had, multiple um, consoles and put the sale on eBay. Oh, really? Because I thought they had to have yeah. like... There was like a Valve put in this thing where you had to have um you had to have a Steam account prior to the thing in good standing, so you would have had to have made purchases, not had any bans or anything. So I don't know if they how they managed to circumvent that, which is wow. Those people are very creative. Yeah, they know? are. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I never doubt that. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's an awesome idea, uh, especially being made by Steam because. Um, uh, let's face it, Steam is very popular. Um, other companies attempting to do that just sound like Chinese uh, portable PCs, underpowered stuff, you know? Yeah. Uh, when you talk about Valve, you expect quality on these, I guess. Yeah, I, I think it's really um, good that they're, um, especially they're, they're pushing more, like, at the moment, I know a lot of AAA games aren't won't be available on it to start with. Uh, which gives a lot of those indie games, smaller indie games, um, a really good time to like time to shine because there are so many games on Steam. You're like this would be fantastic on the Switch, mm -hmm. and and it just makes so much more sense to have it there because it's just something small. It could be like something similar to um, something similar to Stardew or Animal Crossing. Or I've been playing um, Tribes of Midgard lately. Um, that would be fantastic, like on a handheld, I think, because especially it's like a, a long form game where it's like a lot of survival. Um, I think it'd be the way to go. Yeah, uh, well, to me, the the whole point of portable games is also the the more casual experience, right? Yeah, Sometimes you just want to play for five or ten minutes, and. Uh, I mean, I'm not that excited about the triple A games you can play on. Uh, Deck, to be honest uh for example I, I, i'm not very excited to play play like fps games on that yeah I don't fps think games feel, feels better to me playing with the mouse you know um but smaller games that i have on steam and i do not touch them because they are too casual to be sitting in front of a pc to play at you least don't in... want to go all that you set up, you sit up, you like open everything up, and you like you sit there for ten minutes. Like, I'm going now. It's, 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 yeah. It doesn't translate well. Yeah, he's like, I just want to play this on my couch, upside down. You know, just like yeah, it's, fine. Yeah, it's basically like this until <laughs> you can't feel your hands anymore. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Then they yeah. need to invent wrist straps so you don't actually need to hold it. So there's like straps on. And that way you, your hand's free. You don't have to hold anything. You're not going to wreck your wrists. Um, if you look on the internet, I think on AliExpress, uh, there are this whole bunch of weird Nintendo Switch X, uh, accessories. Like, now they have one you put on your neck and it becomes a sport in front of you. Like, <laughs> yeah. Tray. It's really That's weird. fantastic. <laughs> it's like around the neck thing. <laughs> I'm going to need one. Um, yeah, but the problem the is it, it bounces a lot. That's the problem. Oh, okay, Once right you on. move, it starts bouncing. Uh, yeah, I it's mean, weird. It, it, it'd, be, it'd be moving with you, right? You, you put some extra struts well, on there, it'd be fine. I, yeah, I'm not sure if it follows. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you know, if well, it's you know. Yeah. But, but yeah, to, to me, it's more like that. But anyways, um, it would be very hard to get one of those here. And... The, there's a problem in Brazil in terms of pricing as well. Yep. For example, you take the Nintendo Switch Lite. Okay, right now our, our currency rate is um, one US dollar equals five of our currency here. So we need to make five times more money <laughs> to buy stuff. That's uh, a simple but... problem, right? Just make more money. It, 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 easy, it, done, sorted. We can do that. No all, all you need to do is work for three different companies at the same time. It works, trust me. Um, <laughs> but the, the whole issue is, for example, the Nintendo Switch Lite costs uh, $200, right? Yep. Flat conversion would be uh, a thousand of my money. Correct? About but that, the yeah. thing is, uh, here, what they tend to do, I'm not sure if it, because they are lazy, but when things arrive here, they just take the original price in dollars and multiply by 10. <laughs> That's what they do here. <laughs> we don't have it to that extent here, but we have a very similar issue. Whereas like the, the flat conversion is like, okay, it's, it's a little bit more. That's fine. And then they decide, the government decides to throw a gaming tax on it and gst so it's yeah. like you're paying like an extra th i mean it's not so bad because it's like maybe an extra 20 30 percent so it's not like as, as terrible as brazil but um yeah we, we definitely feel that over here as well you know like a, a new game is like 120 bucks now and it's like no yeah. oh yeah so you know how playstation and xbox are like increasing their prices for the new generation of games mm. so for us it's like 60 70 bucks uh, for us, it's like 120. Right, that's crazy. It's, it's brutal, yeah. Our, our dollar isn't too far. Generally, isn't too far off 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 the states either. It's usually like 20, 30 cents behind. So it's not as bad. Yeah, but but the weird thing is, I mean, it makes sense to make it a bit like a little bit more expensive because of taxes. Because your government want the companies to be in your country, and you know, manufacture the the, the games there and not just import without any sort of taxes. I understand that, but um, uh, this is too over. I mean, the PlayStation 5 costs 5,000 of our money here. You know, That's rough. it's crazy. And if you take the average uh, salary, like monthly gains of uh, the average Brazilian, it's around 1,000. Oh, so wow, you need to work insane. five. Yeah, so you need to work like for five months without eating 
and paying no your eating, no rent just, <laughs> just yeah live live on the street just like live at work just work 24 hours for like two months and you'd be set i mean easy again yeah just yeah it's crazy money. it's 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 the easiest way to do it right yeah but <laughs> on the other hand uh, what steam does is really cool uh, i was talking with a friend of mine and i think it was we were talking about east 8 which was on sale here for 30 reais which is our money but it was a hundred uh, Australian dollars in Australia. <laughs> yeah. So but... it it was costing like ten uh, Australian dollars here, and one hundred for you guys. So it still lowers the price in order to sell more here, and it kind of killed the the piracy in Brazil for PC games. Yeah, because I imagine with like, like gaming prices being so high, that would be that would be fairly would have been a fairly yeah. high oh, occurrence for uh, you. Uh, the whole Brazilian gaming culture is based on piracy. Wow. Uh, as I was telling you, yeah, but at the beginning, it was not like because we don't want to pay for stuff. It was because the stuff was not here, you know? Yeah, it, it was more just trying to get it to the country in general as opposed to, like, the, the expenses. Because, it, yeah, it started with... Um, companies making knockoff consoles of the NES and even arcade machines. Like they cloned um, old pinball arcade machines. Uh, for example, if it were like a King Kong pinball machine, they would make some sort of other random monkey <laughs> pinball machine with another name here. But the layout of the machine is the same, right? So they just um, license. Yeah. The NES knockoffs are usually the same console. The board is the same. But because the, the, the whole licensing stuff was tied to the games, not the, the hardware. So uh, it was re very weird. Um, Tech Toy? I'm not sure if you heard of this. I don't think I have, no. Yeah, Tecto was a Brazilian company that uh, got the licenses for all Sega consoles in Brazil. And that's the reason why the Master System is still uh, selling here. <laughs> oh, it's still like, selling? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that's... Uh, but it, ha it helped to make things popular back then. But yeah, they're still selling Master Systems here. If you, you Very cheap, you need to get an older system. I'll, I'll get one shipped over because they're, they're like, because a lot of them over here now are just collector's items and they're hard to find yeah. in like good condition. Well, but they are not exactly the, the Model 3, the, the, the classic one. They made changes and most games come inside a, a memory. They're basically emulators right now with ROMs right, inside. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, you want to know uh, an interesting part of this history is uh, when the PlayStation 1 released, some companies in Brazil decided to make a knockoff console. And it was called PolyStation. <laughs> but the thing is, it didn't run PlayStation games. What it ran was NES games. So when you open the disc lid, 
you had like a, a cartridge slot inside that. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> that is the best. Here's your new yeah. PlayStation. Oh, I've got this game. This is great. You gotta. Why is there a cartridge in here? This is supposed to take discs. <laughs> you have oh. no idea. You have no idea of the amount of confusion and the stories about people getting police stations on Christmas here. Because they asked their mothers for PlayStations and their mothers had no idea of the difference yeah, right. you know, yeah. between one and another. So they end up getting police stations instead. That's, uh, that is that is amazing. I I, I kind of want to get one yeah. just to, just just to have. Are they are they still available over there? I might have to see if I can try and source one. Uh, I'm not sure if they are. I mean, I don't think they're produced anymore. But I think if you look online, you can get one of those. Uh, but I, just I can try to send you pictures of that. <laughs> yeah, no, send, send me some <laughs> pictures. That'd be fantastic. I want to have a look at this thing because if I can get one and troll my kids with it, it'll be. That'd be perfect. <laughs> Here you go, guys. PlayStation. This is a. Where's the disc? It would be a, it would be awesome if they made like this PlayStation Five, you know, with the same visuals. Five. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it can take um, it can take like Game Boy cartridges or something. We'll, we'll bump it up a little bit further. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> SNES, maybe. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, love it. <laughs> um. So you've 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 been working on some stuff lately. Um, you just put out. I think when we first started speaking, you just like absolutely crunched to get a a, a new music out for a new trailer. Um, mm. for one of the, one of the companies you work with. What's what's the process behind that for you? So like, how, what are the steps you kind of take? How does it all start? Uh, depends on the sort of track I'm I'm composing for trailer stuff. Um. There are two ways to, to work with trailers. Basically, you can have the video first and then you compose over that, you know. Uh, or you can compose the music and send to, to the video editor and he will add to the video after your music. Um, to me, both ways works fine. But composing for games, like gameplay music, in-game music, I like to have some sort of visual reference to inspire me. Right. Uh, so usually it's that producers send me some footage or some some pictures of the locations, a uh, short brief of what's going on on that scene, on that moment. And then I start composing, um, do some research before as well. And basically that's it. Um, to me, it takes more time to have an idea that I really like to work on yep. than actually produce the, the, the whole track, you know. Uh but it's really straightforward. I, I usually don't do not don't compose in front of my PC. I like to take a walk around and let my mind flow. And once I have a, an idea on my mind I come back and start composing. Right. So generally, like, is there any like inspiration you like to draw from? In general, I mean, obviously from from the games or whatever you're you're composing the music for. Let's say if you're doing the music first, um, and you don't really have much of a base, where where do you kind of go from there? Well, that that would be for trailers, because trailer music is kind of. Uh, I'm gonna say that. Well, it's it's sort of generic, you know. 
Uh, okay. You expect trailer music to have like a, this this very uh, calm underscore mood first, and then things start to blowing up, <laughs> right? Uh, that's the basic Hollywood formula right now. Um, so when I don't have like a footage to to, to compose for, you, you kind of follow those steps and and compose the track. I mean you are aware of what the the game is at this point yeah, so you right. kind of know the the vibe of the game you know if it's a pixel art game if it's an adventure if it's an rpg if it's a horror survival game so it's basically like this not very uh complex to to, to develop uh, things get a bit more complex when you have like those uh, adaptive audio tracks and have to work with transitions. Uh, that usually happens more on open world games, okay. sandbox games. Also, when you're like transitioning uh, to into a different area. Yeah. 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 And and this is what I mean when uh, I was telling you back then uh, about composing for games. Because uh, composing for a screen is very linear, right? You right. don't go back to the start of the scene. But um, in games, the player can just uh, stand by in the same spot for two hours. And the music needs to loop. And, you know, and then suddenly he's, he decides to take a walk and the music changes. And you need to be aware of that when you're composing, right? Uh, not to mention some technical stuff for example uh, there are some specific formats of music you need to export in order for the music to to loop properly some formats like uh, mp3 will just not loop oh really it will cut yeah because it's in, it inserts some sort of metadata at the beginning of the track so every time it it loops it cut for a very short period of time, which is enough to, to, to the player to realize the music is looping. You know? Right. Okay. So there's a, a small, small gap to like, um, yeah, yeah. That was just enough to throw you off and ruin like whatever immersion you had at the time. Cause Oh, there's, I can hear this, the stop start in the music. Now I, I can tell how long this track's yeah. going for. Yeah, and and this is the sort of issue I see with a lot of people that are trying to get into uh, video game composing. Uh, they do not try to go after the technical side of things. And when his their music is not looping, they have no idea why this is happening. Right. And they tend to think it's a problem with their composition when most of the time it's not. It's just the format you're exporting the music, you know. So what is the what is the best kind of format to, to run in that you found um for those kind of situations? That depends. That depends. Um uncompressed files works better, right? But if you're composing for mobile games, you want to compress anyway because uh usually uh, mobile games devs want their games to have like ten megabytes. <laughs> yeah, them. they need a really, really small, yeah. So we need this track yeah. to be as small as possible, but we also want it to loop perfectly and go forever. Yeah, yeah, but there are some solutions for that. Um, but yeah, it, it depends on uh, what platform you're releasing the game. 
you know, for, for PC, you do not have to worry about that. So you just export away file and you're done. Basically, that's it. I'd go for a wave. <laughs> go for wave. Wave is good. Uh, yeah, because I, I have... Hi, camera. Hello. Camera's decided to like blow my face out. It's 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 uh, done seeing me. It doesn't want it doesn't want <laughs> it anymore. It's like no, we're not showing any more of your face today. Um, yeah, because well, with the, with the podcast, I'm always like, it's always interesting. Cause, I mean, I just, I just run with MP3 because it's it's the easiest for me to kind of export to everywhere it needs to go. But I've always wondered if there's like a, a better a better way to do it. Um, to get like a I want to say like a. a better audio experience for those that are listening um but i never know where to go with it so I, well i, I mean it, it, if if you export like a high quality mp3 it's hard for people to to realize it's other format right if, yeah just put a wave file and and make them compare to a high quality mp3 they probably not realize the difference especially because they are mostly using like consumer grade headphones or speakers they're not using like audio Studio monitors level. and yeah yeah uh so i wouldn't mind about that the only issue you would have if it would be if you had like some sort of soundtrack uh looping on the background of the podcast I, yeah. yeah okay which is something i don't have we used to for a while that was mostly to hide um to hide audio mess ups because we, we background like noise, background noise, noise yeah. yep, fans going. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, this this episode's particularly bad this week. We're just gonna throw a backing track in there, just really quiet, and it'll distract people enough that they forget that the audio issues are there. Worked every time. Yeah, it happens, that, and also like uh, have guests with different uh, sort of audio equipment, right? Yeah. And sometimes they're just using like this really cheap. Uh, earbuds to 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 record their their part. Yeah, right. I haven't. I've been pretty lucky actually, for the most part. Like, because I mean, I speak to a lot of people um, who, are, who are content creators for for like the first kind of chunk of the last lot of interviews I've done. So the, most of them have somewhat decent mic setups. So I've been I've been pretty lucky um, in the way where I haven't had anyone that's had an extra crappy mic yet. I'm waiting for it to happen. It'll happen. I'll I, like, okay. I, I can get one if you want. <laughs> just just... If, you want if you want to have this experience, I can change mine. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, look, we're going we're going so well so far. I don't I don't want to ruin that now. <laughs> I I'll, I'll be I'll be accepting of this when it happens. But right now I'm on a good <laughs> run. I want to keep it going that way. <laughs> okay, it's up to you. Anytime. <laughs> Anytime. All right. Well, next. Well, if I ever feel like I need to get practicing with a crappy mic, it will be the first person I call. Hey, Fabry. Uh, uh, I, just, maybe, I just need maybe, you to come and rule my rule my audio for a minute. Maybe if you want, like, to make a lo-fi podcast, we can try that. A lo-fi podcast. Yep. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> it could. It could. It could be a new thing. Yeah, people like to listen to lo-fi music when they're studying. We can make them listen to a lo-fi podcast while they're studying, right? Yeah. You know, we might be onto something. We'll have to talk about this later. We might do a lo-fi <laughs> edition. I'll, 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 get you to, I'll get you to sort this one out. We'll just, like, dump it. It'll be fine. Yeah, um, we can use, like, Sephia filters and yeah. put some vinyl noise. 
as well as in the background and layer some <laughs> extra stuff in it'd be, yeah it'd be great i think i think we're on to something here we could we could be on a real niche i don't know I, yeah. yeah students we'd have them sorted so here here's a lo-fi podcast it sounds cool too right? yeah <laughs> it do <laughs> all right all right well um that's all i've got time for this week february um mm. thank you thank you so much for coming on um it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on and learn learn something interesting about a, a different side of, of, of gaming development um which is which one we don't hear very often because like i think i spoke to you about this before I, I hear from like a lot of community managers and people kind of on the front facing kind of marketing side of things but hearing mm. from someone in sound design is really cool because you get to kind of see what goes what goes into the game and it's a really unique perspective that i've, I've really enjoyed listening to uh, we, we end up talking very short about that those kind of stuff right <laughs> about sound designing and music <laughs> we end we up did. talking we about well, a lot of stuff right it's, it's the way it goes though right like you, you go, all right we've, we've got we've got we've got all this stuff here and you start like, like, like you're a sound designer we're talking about sound i had a yeah I, I and you just kind of you go sideways it, it happens uh, oh, if it feels more entertaining, I'm fine with that. I like to to listen to things that are entertaining, not a lecture. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's right. my perspective. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Like I've I've had um I had a I had a, a voice actor on once. Didn't speak once about voice acting. We started talking about horror podcasts. It was. <laughs> Is this the way it it's goes? fine by me it's if fine, people yeah. want to know if people want to know more about these uh they can reach me or they can ask you to make another episode so we can talk more specifically about that we can do a follow-up episode where we actually talk about what we're supposed to talk about It'd be yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then and then when, when we were recording the follow-up we start talking about something else again yeah exactly <laughs> we start talking about something else we can just like oh well we, what we talk about we talked about um Gaming culture in Brazil, um, old consoles, gaming arcades. Okay. Okay. What, what can we hit next time? We can um, we can we can try and portable consoles as well. Portable consoles as well. We could also try and solve world peace. We can do that next time. We'll save that for next time. We'll like okay. Geneva convention. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll um, we'll, we'll do some real work. It'll it'll be great. Okay. But um, thank you, thank you so much for coming on. I, I've appreciated your time um very much. You've been incredibly entertaining to have a chat to. Uh, for those listening at home, um, where can people find you if they want to find out more about you know sound design and, and marketing? Where can where can they find you? Fabri Sounds on uh, Twitter and uh, on Instagram, and my website is okay. Ice timing. Hold on. <laughs> no, it's okay. We I can I can pop it in the show notes if you can't remember it. That's fine. Got it. Oh, I'm sorry. Deaf. I'm sorry for That's that. Okay. okay, I'll start again. <laughs> um, uh, you can find me at Fabry Sounds on Twitter and Instagram, and my website's fabrysounds.com. So, wait, excellent. I'm easy, I'm easy to find. <laughs> easy fabry sounds love it um for those for those who are looking for it um all these links will be in the show notes for the podcast as well um if you want to get in touch with the podcast twitter at left pod instagram two left pumps two left thumbs podcast and you can find the video version of this up on youtube 
at twoleftthumbs.online. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening and hanging out. Fabry, again, thank you for joining me. It's been an absolute pleasure. And everyone else, I'll talk to you next week. Bye.